Aloha, everybody, and welcome to The Joystick Show, a podcast where three friends from high school in Hawaii get together to talk about video games, comics, and pop culture. I'm Thomas, and I'm joined with Scott and Drake. For this episode, we're going to jump right into our weekly reviews with you people, Vox Machina, episodes four through six, My Hero Academia, and Lockwood & Co. Enjoy. In some ways, <laughs> something that gives me a lot, or was giving me some stress, was you people on Netflix. Man, yeah. I I thought it was great <laughs> yes. for what it was. Like there was yeah. a lot of like moments that I cracked up, and there was a lot of moments yeah. where I was just like, oh, cringy, but it yep. like worked. I, you know, yeah. I mean, it's all star yeah. cast. You got Eddie Murphy. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jonah Hill, like that newcomer who plays his fiance. Mulder. Mulder is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Duchovny's in it. Yeah, like it's so good. It's it's and a ton of comedians. And a ton of comedians. Like, Fuck. Yeah. Um, the the guy comedians. who plays his boss is like one of the dudes, the founding members of, um, what is it, uh, UCB with Amy Poehler them? Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And then there was like Andrew Schultz was in there. Um, oh, yeah. Schultz. Um, yeah, I saw that. There was some other like smaller comedians that... The- the podcaster is a comedian as well, too, his co-host. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They stacked it up with an all-star cast. Did you guys... It was kind of interesting. It was almost shot in a way that it kind of made it feel like episodes to me. There was, like, part one, part two, oh, yeah. part three, like, where they're kind of jumping around. Like, we're meeting these characters, living their own lives, which I was surprised that we were going that far back. I thought the story was going to go in, like, oh, we're together now, and here, meet the parents. But it was, like their story about how they come together then how they form this this relationship then move it forward to the point of marriage and then you know and then we meet the families and then there's a fallout and then there's kind of a quick fall in so yeah i don't know what how'd you guys feel about just story pacing how it all played out don't all all jump at once (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I no, I I agree. It it did kind of feel. I think whenever we were introduced to a new um, all star character, so for example, when we first meet Eddie Murphy, right? That's that was like a kind of a hit into it. Mm-hmm. Then Eddie Murphy takes him to go see Anthony Anderson. That was a hit to it. Then when they're talking about their wedding, Dion Cole is there, right? Yep. Like, right. so you're getting all these little instances of where. You're, you're meeting a new character. The new character is supposed to be funny, so, is a comedian. So I'm like looking for the funny in right. the things. And it's, it's like you said, the juxtaposition of sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's not. Um, Eddie Murphy reprises this role as like an extremely serious character, which not to say that he doesn't play or he has not played, but I rarely see him in. Usually he's got that plus a lot of the, you know, the extra, you know, Axel Foley going on. But he played this as like, a very uh, interesting yeah, character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, like to add in, like, I don't know if this is controversial, but he played it like as a very unlikable character in a lot of ways. Like he, yeah, he was like yeah. not, you know, like he was trying to be a dick in a lot of these situations and like it, 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 yeah, it worked. Yeah. And the, the parts yeah. that he added to the funny, um, I'm, just real quick, cause like, for instance, when um, Mike Epps was talking about, he's like, well, I'm thinking like Tron, something right, and then right. um eddie murphy's like i think that's a good idea like, <laughs> yeah. like, this fucking dick. Yeah, like yeah. and you're laughing because yeah. he's doing that like 
a lot of yeah. his funny came from adding on to craziness. I mean, I, like, I can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I couldn't lie. Like, when he was teasing, like, mimicking his voice, like, oh, you just think you could do this? That sounds like some white boy shit. was, like, so funny. Like, yeah. it, he killed it. Like, his delivery was classic. But you still, for me, you're like, I don't like him. Because I know what he's oh, trying to sure. do. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. he's like, oh, um, the whole song. Like, hmm, who's... Who's in Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he wants yeah. It. Oh my god, <laughs> two people. I wanted to break that window and jump out of the car for him. I was so <laughs> yeah. uh, cringing um, on that I moment. Think friends, good friends. Just in the Paris? context. It's yeah, just like so. Parisian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, be, the, all those things being said, like for, and we can talk about the ending because the ending in, in itself, I think, was mm-hmm. kind of the more not controversial part, but like the it was like the least fav- favorable part. part, I would think, for people, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, for me, the journey was, like, what I was viewing it as is the difficulty in interracial uh, pairings, i.e. Jewish individuals and African, African-American individuals, getting together. And you can see the beats of, like, why this is hard, why, why the culture then exists mm-hmm. for these separate types. And then you have the stereotypes and the archetypes within those things of, like, the, you know, the over, um, I guess, quote unquote blackified like African dad who doesn't want them to date a white person and the and the Jewish mom who essentially doesn't necessarily think about the individual as an individual but like trying to get the culture by overcompensating. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can see all these nice interesting tropes. And so in my mind I was like, okay, you're showing me what's super difficult. And that sucks. So do I want to have an interracial relationship? Right. Do I do I have to do, do I not want that then? Or are you showing me that it's worth it? The end obviously contradicts that right. um, to an extent, right? And then it's like, okay, so the relationships between these individuals, they, they can be met there, but it seems as if within these own places, they're contradicting and making it more difficult for themselves for each other. So a lot of these different messages for me, I got, but um, yeah. did you guys get similar messages? 100%. Or what was the overall? Yeah, oh, no, know. no, definitely. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, are they? Because even when the best friend tells him, hey you know like white people and black people can't be friends or like can't love each other or whatever they said i was like man it just it just didn't sit right with me yeah and it's like but he's your best friend and you're doing this podcast with him it's like what do you mean like they can't be friends and maybe people have that view and like to each your own for sure but it's just like i I don't feel that way personally like i i don't i feel like no matter what somebody's skin color is to me or sexual orientation or whatever like i still feel like i could be friends with that person if they were open to it like if you're open to being friends with me like i you know maybe this is why i'm a frank and not not a bill but i truly believe like i'm down to be friends with anybody like if you like me we have common interests like you you put in a little bit of effort I'm down to meet you halfway and we could be friends. Mm-hmm. That was really a bummer for me when that thing came up. And and then when they're like, you know, they call it off at the uh, rehearsal dinner or like, you know, I forgot what the word is if it's not that, but like the pre-wedding dinner. I was just like, it just, it sucked. I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't yeah, sit right, right with me. I'm like, no, like don't. This, this is showing that, you know, these two cultures can't, find commonality and common ground. And I know again at the end they come together, but it didn't satisfy how like sad it made that divide feel for me. Right. Well, cause yeah. even before that, right? Like when they were having conversations, like they both were, maybe they both saw like, Whoa, my dad is being freaking crazy right now. And Whoa, my mom is being like dumb right now. Like what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then they have a conversation together 
And they're both like, well, my mom wasn't that bad. Well, my dad wasn't that bad. It's like a real conversation would be like, dude, we can't both say like my mom was like, our parents would be fucking weird right now. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't agree on this and I don't like it. Right. Even if you like, and then, you know, maybe to an extent it's like, well, I want to be a little defensive toward my parent. Mm. They seem like they were still at a stage of like love and like partnership where it's like, okay, like I get that my mom, like I didn't see any bit of like, it, they were like completely on their parents' side, which is weird. Like she's like, "Well, I don't think I didn't see my mom do anything wrong," and I'm like, "You just physically showed us that your you were like your mom was out of line and stuff, and right. then now you're like super defending her." I was like, "There's certain scenes where I was like, ah, like I didn't yeah didn't play out the way I think it I would have, realistically." I have a potential, right? Oh, sorry, I have a I have a potential unpopular opinion for to share once you guys. Oh, okay, and then sure. um, could could I jump to like that part of the um. Yeah, fire away, man. The, when they break up, order. Okay, yeah. yeah so, Drake, remember it, it was because I'm curious. Yeah, please remember yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, got that. It, I got it. I got it. <clears throat> but um, the other part I really didn't agree with was um, like they because their parents aren't getting along and the way their parents are making them feel like his mom is making her feel a certain way, and the dad is making him feel a certain way. They in turn took that as like, well, I guess we shouldn't be together, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's dumb. Like, I know. In reality, it should be like, well, fuck the family. Like, I love you regardless. Right. Like, so we can move somewhere. We don't even need to see them anymore. Like, that's like, yeah, that would be the normal approach. That- but it was so weird for them to be like, nah. And then, um, like I was mentioning to you guys earlier, like, not even like hug. Or, like, if if the, if you guys really thought this was it and that's the last time mm-hmm. we're gonna see each other, it's just like, I don't think we can do this. A little bit of tears. By no physical contact. I know, I'm like, I what? Know. That's not, not realistic five. at all. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Some of it just like the decisions in it made the pacing kind of weird for me. Where yeah. it was like it was right. like speed up to like really slow down, and then it was like speed up like we need you to just like walk off screen because we need to get to the new scene. You know, it like and because of that, it didn't feel like genuine. And I get it, it's a comedy, like and and everything should be right, maybe right. for them comedy first. But sometimes it just didn't work. And I think one of those things was the end because it's just like, hey, our parents are cool now. Yeah, well, let's just get back together. Well, you know what? Okay, cool. Everyone's here. Let's just get married. I'm like, no fucking way. It would take another like week of us talking things through. Why did we just call it off there? Like, you know, how do we bridge that type of emotional stress and trauma that we just had? Because that seems a little brash to do it mm-hmm. i don't know and it's cute it's cute for the movie but it just doesn't like yeah, for the movie. you can't just do that and then it also it's like the the end it's like whoa i don't know it just it's it just didn't really work for me but there was a lot that did work for for me in this movie jonah hill is still like the best like awkward comedy humor yeah. eddie murphy's still a star like every time he's on screen to me he commands presence He's, mm-hmm. you know, Julie Dreyfus had her moments where I'm like, she's pretty funny. And like, I feel like I have family like that. So I get it. And, uh, yeah. And then like, like, I guess if her point is to make you feel cringy, like for her, like right. she did a great job. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be curious to see like our moms talk about it. If they'd be like, oh yeah. Like they would love her character or, you know, maybe our, you know, our moms love it. Right. I don't know. I would just be curious to hear that side of things. But right. yeah, you know, I liked it more than I hated it. I will say I didn't really hate For it sure. at all. I like yeah, liked I it more than I disliked it, I should say. I agree with that. And I think um, <clears throat> I can come off as like, I've been really animated sometimes. And like, it sounds like I'm really pissed off about things, but you? I, um, 
No yeah. way, bro. Yeah, I fucking am, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Oh, like, Jesse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, relax. No, but, um, yeah, I get really passionate about certain things, but I did like the movie, like you said, more than I disliked those parts. Like, right. there was a lot of comedy throughout it. Even from, like, the very beginning when he's talking to his boss, he's like, yeah, you gotta, what's up, big He's talking big to his dick, doctor. Uh, <laughs> guy whatever oh big ticket no yeah, the show's yeah, fucking, yeah. do you remember when um they were talking about he was like oh so how's your um, circumcision going <laughs> well how would i check on it oh yeah and he's like oh, oh. Like, wait what oh like, yeah yeah, yeah. They, uh, i'm pretty sure he's a pedophile and he's just like start wanting to see my dick and the mom just blows it off i'm like that was crazy she's like yeah, she's he's, like, yeah he's like that <laughs> yeah you're like okay <laughs> is that fine no like, everybody's cool like, with that yeah that whole like I jewish know. thing in the temple like the dialogue yeah, between him and the sister was funny that was pretty great the scene after the barbershop, because it's, you know, he's like oh. being forced to take off his hoodie, and he's like, what, are you going to let them talk to you like that? Like, when's, then you're going to be their bitch. He's like, I'm going to be their bitch. And then after <laughs> yeah, that, I yeah. to the basketball game. Right. And I was like, well, you know, it would be hilarious if Jonah Hill was good. And then that's right. what happened. Like, yeah. Like, I like, I did love yeah. that twist as well, where he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and he looked terrible at first, but then all of a sudden he's like dropping like dimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, yes, yes. And then, yeah, it was just great. Like, it was like at that point and everybody's showing him love, like maybe you can start seeing maybe he is a cool guy, you know, that just because right. he's white doesn't mean that you shouldn't dislike him for your daughter. He's obviously yeah. trying, but anyways, yeah. I, w- I was wondering about so my unpopular opinion was yeah. like kind of like the idea of the quote unquote equality of these two um, cultures, right? The Jewish culture and the the uh, American, the African American culture, black culture mm-hmm. in America. Right. For me, when I was watching Amira yell at Shelley Julie Louise Dreyfus when she was standing up to her, just like how um, Jonah Hill stood up to uh, to um, Eddie right. Murphy. At the reception, reception, and then that's Amira the word I was looking stood for. up to reception. Oh yeah, I, I didn't know that word for some reason. Reception is like I, a I've had one of these things called no, a wedding before, the, um, but I couldn't. The rehearsal dinner. The, that's oh, it was rehearsal, rehearsal dinner? dinner. Then I was rehearsal right. Dinner? Never mind. Oh, Keep going. Yeah, right. So when Amira, so I can I understood why Jonah spoke to Eddie in that way. Every I think everybody kind of understood like, oh, he's standing up for himself. He's being a man, et cetera, et cetera. It's a likable moment I think for right. Jonah and a realization moment for Eddie. For me, I don't know that that came off. When Amira was talking to Lauren London was talking to Julie Julia Louise Dreyfus, right. and maybe it was just because it was like um, more feminine energy, mm-hmm. but like I felt like Amira was like attacking Shelly, and like Shelly obviously she she's that's not from a place she wasn't trying to do that she's just fucking ignorant right exactly so to an extent she was trying obviously but it was like microaggression or whatever based on. Um, what Amira was feeling and thinking, right. et cetera, et cetera. And, and for me, that, that's kind of where I was like, oh, well, this doesn't make it seem, quote unquote, equal in these things, right? Because now it sounds like one person is being ex- exceptionally aggressive to an individual who should be held and taught versus when Jonah's talking to Eddie, he's like, yo, why are you being a fucking asshole? Mm-hmm. And like that made sense to me. So he's kind of, he's intentional. Yeah, so it, it makes me like Jonah more. It makes me it makes um, Eddie Murphy's character more realization, but it makes me feel sad for Julie Louise Dreyfus and and angry at Amira for being so quote unquote insensitive to this ignorant person. Right, right. but I want to so, be I, yeah. yeah. I want to chime I, in here. Like I want to be careful yeah. with how I say it because like I I, I know that 
it, it maybe in any description in any way we come at this like it could look at like a racial thing or a sexist thing or whatever and it maybe it is maybe there's bias from me in this standpoint but like I, you know i i do agree with you where i'm like i i you know she wasn't trying to be hurtful and yes it was hurtful to amir which i understand mm. like mm. i think i yep. do understand that Maybe I don't. Maybe somebody could educate me, but I, I think she wasn't trying to be hurtful to her. And then it, but it just was, right? Where Eddie Murphy's character was intentionally trying to be hurtful towards Jonah Hill, right? Or his character, Ezra. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why? I understand you're frustrated and you've dealt, like, you've held your tongue a lot. And maybe it's just the, the cap or the water boiling over in this situation. But it, it, I agree with you where it's like, why are you attacking her? Like maybe you could just sternly educated her. And I guess she, some people could say that she was, but I felt like, yeah, maybe she was a little more aggressive when she was just trying to relate to her, but doing it in such like a over exaggerative way. And it was cringy and it was bad. And it, yeah, and I, that could bother people. I, I completely get that. But yeah. I agree with you. Like maybe like Ezra more and Amira a little less in how they handled both of their situations. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I guess if, okay, if like you really want to think about it, this um, Amira could be coming from a point of view where like maybe, you know, she's been been getting this her whole life right right that's the true. assumption is like every person that's um trying to fit in with their culture like you know she kept doing that culture and right. like their you know the quotes and everything cool. like she is trying but it's like there's a tipping point and then there's also the realization like this is gonna be my mother-in-law like i gotta deal with this fucking forever uh, like so she's also probably not thinking true. in, the, okay. in the in the right mind where it's like you know like the day before wedding it could be a lot for some people so like <laughs> That's true. Yeah, sure. Like she definitely could have had better words for, it, but maybe emotionally and mentally at the moment she didn't have all the tools. Absolutely, she needed to talk to this person. Like so, it's like it just kind of spilled out. Like this is what I'm fucking feeling, and like I don't like what you're doing, mm. and like and so I feel like both I of their feelings afterwards were justified. Like uh, you could tell Louis Andrew, uh, um, yeah, her mom, <laughs> um, yeah, you you could tell she was like, oh my god, like. She's ignorant. Like, she, she didn't know she was coming off that way. And, just, and then it's like, the, oh, you're going to cry now? Like, she's pissed. Amir's pissed. Like, right. no, don't make it about you. Like, I'm still pissed about that. And it's like, I could see both their perspectives. And it was it was shitty. But I could, but because it's a movie and they're telling a story, like, if this just happened, you've seen it, I could see, like, hey, everyone has their bad days. People deal with it a certain way. Right. But because of the movie and they compared it to Jonah Hill's one, it did feel like a, this is the same. And it's like, it wasn't, though, because... Eddie Murphy knew what he was doing. He was calculated. Right. He yeah. was being a dick. They, so, like, yeah, they did try to paint it. It's kind of hard to, yeah. Yeah, like, it was the same. Yeah, I think you described it perfect. And you're right. Like, all that stuff is justified. But, yeah, it's just, I think when you put one next to the other right back to back, it doesn't look, it doesn't feel the same. But, yes. you know, it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think you definitely gave me, like, a new perspective on how I look at it. And, yeah, I can see it both ways for sure. All right, so... Yeah, overall any- hilarious movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. I mean, yeah, there was a lot that was just great about it. A lot I appreciated. Being a sneakerhead too, and then buying the matching shoes and everything. I was like, yes, couple goals. Like that's that's. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I love that, that stuff. So. Yeah. Expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, expensive. <laughs> uh, Drake, you watched something on Netflix, also Lockwood and Co. Is that right? 
You yes. Give us so, a bit on that? Lockwood and Co. It's uh, it's a Netflix. Uh, it's a Netflix show. It's uh, quite quick. It's a kind of like a psychologic or a psychic paranormal um, detective mystery type situation. So essentially, it's based off of a young adult supernatural thriller series written by Jonathan Stroud, and um, it was uh, from 2013 to 2017. So there's five separate books that are out right now, and so. Uh, in the show in itself, I think it's it's only eight episodes deep, but essentially the premise is um, there only teenagers and below can see ghosts. So teens are now ghost hunters because now we have ghosts in the environment. Oh. There are tiers. There's level one, level two, level three, etc. And so these teens, these ghost hunters, they go into the night and they combat deadly spirits, capture them, etc., etc. Kind of like a, a steampunk esque type Ghostbuster situation. And then, um, so all of the adults are staffing the corporate agencies. So the adults run these agencies that bring out these ghost hunters. And there's one small startup individual, Lockwood, who's the one of the main characters. Um, his quote unquote Anthony Lockwood. He's he has his own thing, and you don't know why, and you know that there's something going on because he doesn't have parents for some reason, but he's living in a house, um, so there's like a mystery there. And then um, the the main character Lucy Carlisle goes there. She has she's like a savant. She's super super good, but something happened because of her, um, I think stepmother, and she essentially ran away. And there's this third individual, George Kareem, and he's he's very good. He's very smart, intelligent, kind of like the third wheel, but um, you know, comedic uh, poster. And so they get into these situations where they're having to take up jobs in order to pay for certain things. And they're having to navigate the corporate world, their own thing, plus this um, mystery that goes beyond what they're initially doing. And the big question is, why are these ghosts here? It was initially thought something, but they're unraveling the fact that maybe it's something a little bit more sinister, a little bit more deep. And that's um, that's what happens in the first eight episodes. It was kind of um, thrilling. Some of it's like teen cringy. Obviously, it's, you know, for a teen thriller type situation. But the whole time you're asking, wait, what is this? What is this? When are we going to get to know about this, etc.? So it does keep you quite in Yeah. Do you, does it answer those questions? Um. It does. I haven't read the books. I would assume there's there's going to be individuals who have read the series who are going to um, kind of make or break it moving forward. But it does kind of like their actions you understand, even though sometimes you're like, why the fuck would you do that? Um, it does kind of give you little hints every single time, every okay. single time, which, you know, it, for, for what it is, it's not terrible. If you have a time to watch it, watch it. Might as well. OK, cool. Right on. Sweet. Yep. All right. Yeah, the trailer looks good. So, yeah, definitely have to check that out. All right, we're going to get into some animation here. We got uh, – I'm just going to catch up on My Hero Academia for our anime portion. Uh, there's a lot of great anime coming out this year. We should, we should have also talked about how One Piece has a new poster out. I'm excited about that. But that's all right. Yeah, you can check that out on social media. We have uh, some brief comments on that. But – my Hero Academia, I believe it was episode 17 for season 6, was kind of following up the Todoroki family, kind of what happened and how Dobby became a villain. Uh, really cool. Like, it was just an interesting premise where, you know, now in this culture, in this world, people now marry for quirk creation and we get to see it play out here. 
everybody with Todoroki's mom and Endeavor, you know, they basically are married so that they could produce kids and something that would be ultimate where, you know, it'd have these ice powers mixed with Endeavor's fire powers and he's trying to create that perfect kid and uh, Toya comes out first who then becomes Dobby and I loved how they were kind of bringing some science into it, you know, where they were saying like he has all the firepower but his body can't handle it like his dna comes from his mom so he's more adapted to cold but his powers are fire so thus that's why he burns himself i was like wow that's a really interesting perspective on like why the character looks the way he does and stuff which i thought was dope uh and yeah we kind of follow him and his fall from grace in the family and we see endeavor just be a complete piece of shit beat his beat the wife and you know um you know you can see how he shut shoto toroki off from his family and how he was like you got exactly what we've been trying to make you're gonna surpass all my like you can't do any you can't play with your siblings you can't have any fun like all you're doing is training to become the best hero possible and it makes a lot of sense for how uh, stoic and how like driven of a character he is in the show uh he's like my favorite character and i mean just because of the power but like also like attitude i don't know i just like like that character there's so much i like about him and uh yeah it just made a, a ton of sense and at the end mm -hmm. we see endeavor just like feel eaten up about what he's done not only to toya or dobby but also what he's done to his family and how they're still by his side and like they're going to support him and then at the end of the episode we see hawks and best genius come in and they're like yo we're teaming up to bring all the villains down because it's getting nuts out there and that's what you know we, we're left with that little tidbit and then we get asked about or they ask endeavor about one for all or all for one no one for all that's what it is yeah uh, i know i always get i always get messed up too i always have to like think about it when i'm reading i'm like two for one, one. Yeah, like, yeah which yeah. one's for everyone and which one's for yourself yeah, yeah exactly right, one? that's that's the way i had to bring it out which one's for myself and which is for everyone but uh yeah i don't know any thoughts on the episode i i loved it badly i thought this was great because it because the last episode felt like a filler and this one actually like completed that filler arc in a way and i learned something about Todoroki that i wasn't expecting to but i did actually like like because it deepened my like for the character right yeah no i agree i think um the the denseness of the emotion that they're getting into through kind of the upper echelon of characters right the 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 heroes who are heroes now versus like the the classes the class kids the students <laughs> you're seeing how that's to an extent that ha that makes you a hero right the the amount that you're willing to sacrifice that you're willing to put in the passion etc cetera, etc cetera. how that translates to the youth though right so different mm -hmm. and what he thought was right for what his mind was that comes crashing down when the reality of the situation kind of comes to fruition and you're seeing now how the youth saw it how they handle it and how now the adult has to handle that repercussion mentally emotionally physically you don't get to see that a lot again in a lot of things that we invest ourselves in you kind of get to see the final product of like oh there's just this cool person and when we get to learn about these things that make the character even deeper and give it a lot more um personality some things that we can relate to i think uh, my hero academia is one of the best animes that does this um considering what we've been able to see how we were introduced to everything what we were able to see and what we know now so different so um 
beautiful in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, who would have thought, you know, um, child abuse and parental neglect and pressure, you know, and that ultimate downfall on yourself would come from My Hero Academia, but here we are. So, yeah. like, yeah. this is not yeah. where I would have found, thought I would have found this type of story, but it's here and it works really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Scott, any final thoughts before we move on to Vox Machina? Um, nope, I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's a really good show. Was this the um, finale, or is there more? I don't think it was the finale. Not, I think there not the finale. Okay. No, because there's another episode coming out next week where we see what Midori is doing in his coma, and he's basically talking to the vestiges. There's that word which you're gonna hear in a little bit, but he's talking to the vestiges of one for all. So that's next week's episode. So yeah, stick around for anime. Also, if you're still, if you made it this far, and there's an anime we're not watching that you you think we should be talking about, like send us a message, man, because I'm definitely down to check it out. All right, we are now into the last review of the night. We are talking about Vox Machina, and I love what they're doing right now with these three episode releases because it's cool. Like every Friday, you get three episodes to drop, which is tight. Like I, I dig it. It's it's different than the all binge program that netflix is on and it's different than one episode every week but we got three yeah. episodes with vox machina yeah scott why don't you kick it off all right so a lot like you said um because we got three like a lot is covered in these three and it feels like another vox machina movie uh which i do love um so for starters we leave off with vex dying right in episode three and um in this one, you know, it starts right off of that where they're trying to figure out a way. They're scrambling. They're like, we got to bring her back. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, right. can we heal her? Like, yeah, can we revive yeah, Like, and then they something. decide to revive her. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so Cash ends up using his um, uh, magic to help revive her. And um, he's like, it's super, it's super hard, but we got to try it. So right. then they start doing that. Um, and then while that's happening... Um, Vax, this is a brother, right? Yep, yep. Vax Eladon and Vaxelia. Vax is seeing, um, oh, what is that? The the, the Matron of Ravens. Matron of Ravens. Ravens. The the Queen of Crows? Yeah, the Matron (laughs) of Ravens. (laughs) The Matron of Ravens. The Matron of Ravens makes like a deal with him. And um, because she's like, what looks like she's like death and is like about to take her life. And he's like, take me instead. And makes like like an unsaid deal. Um, Because he doesn't know what it entails exactly, but all he knows is his sister comes back to life, and he's wearing um, the armor that they were trying to get. Right. Um, Like, he does end up fighting, like, some kind of spirit, and, like, when he releases, right, he, like, wins the fight. Like, when he lets that spirit kind of get the final blow, he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we found a worthy king. So I guess it was like, oh, you know, whoever doesn't, who releases, you know, their fight and just submits to the will is actually the one who wins. Right. And with this now, he's like souped up. Like he's crazy. Dude, he he's goes super crazy. saying he's so in this fast. episode. And yeah, he's everyone is blown away. Like, is what? Is that he can yeah. do that now? Like that was a it was sick so upgrade. Sick. Yeah. That I was animation like, was oh my god. Yeah, it was a very cool, like almost anime esque upgrade, right? Where you're like, yeah. Oh shit, he just hit another level. Yep. And like um especially after like that whole Cash and Zara, like they're they try to leave, and then, you know, they do a good thing. They bring Vex back, and then they're like, oh, we need to get it again. Like, Zara's like, we need that vestige, so uh, we'll just, like, petrify them all, and then I'll take it. And, like, Cash is like, you can kill them. Like, what the fuck? So yeah. she re- releases this monster, and it's, like, um, basically, like, those um, 
aliens from Fairly Our Parents, those like dumb ones, right? Like that, or oh, what yeah. are the, it's like in Futurama it's or the same sort of like uh, yeah, just like one eye, just one eye, yeah. yeah. But the tentacles um, are cool. Like they go like they're almost like dark sides. They're like omega, yeah, omega yeah, beings exactly. And like yeah, yeah, exactly like omega beings. Like you can't get away from them. Mm-hmm. Almost like they just kind of home on their own, and um. Yeah, and then, then you see um, Vax like unload with his power and like cutting off all the shit. Like it's, it's freaking unreal. After you know his team is getting like owned, right? Is that that's where he had the that's where he had that um, internal battle, right? Well, then he has where like he, another battle in that as well. Like I think that's where he is. That where it is? Is that where it is? Yeah, because oh. he's seeing all the he gods was, like, and stuff. Sitting there right? and just like kind of. Like, I, I thought that's where he sees stuff. like another city like burning down or whatever, and then he like he gets mm-hmm. like a a vision of the future in a way, or like some almost like an alternate future where everything's destroyed. I thought that what's that, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I could be remembering it wrong. Yeah, I mean, again, it's because they put three episodes together. It's like one big thing. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's hard to put order of operation. Yeah, right. I just focus more on like the character and their journey individually. Like, yeah. Um, All but- I remember is him going Super Saiyan and then throwing his two knives and then him coming back super fast and he's just like, and he's just tossing them like, and it's cool because it's it's flying out making contact and then like reappearing in his hand and he's throwing it super fast while moving zero. I was like, that is a badass upgrade to his power. I was like, how do you make like swords coming back? cool like cooler i guess and like that's how you do it they did it that super was like speed yeah super speed yeah. i was like holy shit that was an upgrade yeah that was unreal and he throws it in its eye and then he like kicks through it yeah just it. the it's back like, spinning kick oh yeah it's like so yeah, cool it's so sick um but you then then you find out a little later like he's like i can't take it off you know so you're like oh i didn't catch that part there's a part where he's, he's trapped, like, yeah. he's trying he's to take it off there. and he can't and then yeah. i immediately was like how does he shower but you know i don't know how often they shower anyway but um, self cleaning yeah maybe but he can't get in the folds Magic. you know the thing is like pretty tight it looks skin tight but skin tight. Um, skin tight. that was interesting <laughs> and then while that's happening you you're dealing with um grog right, right? um and, and this battle blade. with his blade that's thirsting for blood right and it's pretty and, much um, the start of episode five right there right because like grog's now he like he yep. can hear the sword calling him like the ring of power basically right yep. and he's starting to look at his friends and he's like no like you know and then yeah um, that yeah, that was just interesting. He's like, oh, you know, and, and he's so funny character. So it's yeah. like having the serious like moments, but then you know, sprinkling Grog's like, comments. Like, Grog's like, I'm pooping. Yeah. Like, please play a song for me. And then um, Scanlan's like, Scanlan okay, I trained my whole life for this, but all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to hear the whole song at the end of the episode, which is a good song. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah it was just it was just like really cool seeing that and he then he's getting these visions of like all his friends dying and like possibly by his hands right um and you're just seeing that internal struggle um do they meet the sphinx oh you know what you know you're right yeah so i was it was um that was episode six episode five was we see keelith and her backstory because she's part of the oh uh, yeah yeah, sorry yeah, yeah she's part of the ishari like I don't know if it's like a, yeah. a religion or a people. Avatars, They're basically avatars, yeah. yeah, right. She's like from the Wind Ashari, and in this episode, like we run into some of her family, but we also uh, see the Fire Ashari. Yeah. Right, and that's cool yeah. too because Zuko, his name. Was. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, definitely. But I mean, yeah. like they get to like have this little dragon fight of all these like it was almost like those demons that were in She Hulk. They're kind of coming through the portal, and they're like killing yeah. the demons, but also like the rest of the the all the magic users are trying to close the portal. 
Right, and we, we get to see that those other magic users that you thought died in the first episode are still alive. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. So that was cool. They escaped to the and, last um, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you see more of Grog, like, killing these enemies, but it's like, it wants blood. And he's like, they don't have blood. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And he, he ends up, um, oh, no, it's in a later on, right? He feeds it a little, right, with his own blood. Yeah, this is in the, oh, and that's in the next episode where they meet right, the Sphinx. Yeah. Yeah, so, but Wait. but Keyleth in this one ends up, like, tapping into fire avatar mode. Mm-hmm. And, like, she goes through, she learns that, like, her mom could, like, touch fire because it only burns you if you let it with, like, their ability. Right. And she learns to tap into that, ends up entering the fire realm, closing it from the inside. Yes. By turning into, like, this giant fire, like, monster thing. And just, like, laying waste to all the demons just by, like, stomping or some shit, right? Like, that was really cool. That was cool. And she was, she, like, a yeah. wraith, but, like, in fire armor. It, like, rather than just being, like, a black ghost, you know, from the Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings, yeah. she was, like, a fire wraith in a way and just, yeah, stopping things that and was, whatnot. Dude, that was so sick. That was really and, cool. Um, now she can, like, control fire. Like, she can just make fire. Like, a yeah. little later on, they're all cold, and she's like, oh, let me do this, and then she can just, like, make a fire for them now. Right. Which is, like, pretty invaluable. No, and definitely, and, and I think it's, like, Another callback, which was they didn't have like, they were like, oh, can you help us control the water uh, with that other sorceress who then petrifies them or whatever. But she's like, oh, I'm not good with water. Like, I don't know how to do it yet. So it's like it's only a matter of time before she learns how to now also control water. You know, again, kind of like Avatar The Last Ender. You know what? I'm about it. I'm about it, too. Doing it in a way where. I want to see it. Yeah. I don't think it's like too much of a rip off. Like I, I want to see it exist. No, for sure. Like nobody has yeah. a claim on elements. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm like Keyless, Keyless, uh, like her unconfidence in herself makes me upset. Is that so? But I, I mean, I, that's a part of her character and her, her own thing, but like, Whoa. she has like no confidence in herself I, at all. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, again, it's one of those things where I feel like the team kind of completes the areas that she lacks. So I like it because you can't have a team full of all everybody's like they're all badasses in their own way. But you can't have a team of everybody thinks they're the best in the world. Like yeah, you, like you need somebody no, who's like unsure and and still fulfills a role. Yeah, I agree. For for the balance of like writing a story, right. it makes sense that they're not all like I'm the best, I'm the best, because then it's boring right. as fuck. Grog has um, like but- no fear. Like mm-hmm. Percy's like super intelligent and real, and like Vex and Vax are like these elves who are badasses. Like yeah, I don't think all of them could be like hyper confident. Right, but I think also they kind of show why she's kind of the way she is and like her lack of confidence in this episode in the fifth one because right it seemed like she gained a lot of her strength from her mom Uh, and her mom not coming back from that journey that she was on like really like stunted her growth with her powers like probably right there in time Mm -hmm. so um you know like now she has like she's like if if my mom my hero couldn't come back from this journey like i'm too afraid to go on this journey like right you know so i think it's more so even like the initiation of going on the journey that's like keeping her like stagnant or like in this loop of never growing Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. but it's good like she has this team that's helping her push her and then she has these moments now where she can overcome things and stuff but i think it's once she gets closure about like her and her mom i think that'll probably like give her a lot of confidence get better yeah i can see i mean i can see in terms of like for the character building moving forward and like having the dynamic as a team like there needs to be all these archetypes right did we um when when was uh Trinket's backstory, because I really like Trinket's backstory. Trinket's backstory oh, was at was... episode four. 
That yeah, because it that starts off with Vex and Vax. Like, right, we pick right up where episode three left off, but then we go back in time and see how they become when they're when they're kids and they're on the run and then they get thrown in that cage with Trinket's mom, I guess, has all the arrows. Yeah, that was yeah and then they yeah. she picks up Trinket and it's like we don't leave like the little ones behind or she says something very, you know, inspirational or something there. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and it's cool now that they have like they basically have a Pokeball. Yeah, I know. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Uh, <laughs> over here. Yeah, that's, that's true. So cool. Trinket, you want to get inside of this thing? Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Go back up. I know. I wonder if they're gonna put like other creatures in there, like that. Cool. Like maybe something bigger and more badass. They capture that it. Maybe joins. Yeah, or they pull out and a moment of like they now fight the whatever they call them something conclave the dragons and like now they have like mm. a super monster in there that they can pull out. I think out. for sure that's gonna happen. Actually, yeah, yeah. That'd, be yeah. Super that'd be that'd be awesome. But then we get into episode six, and I love this because it's it totally shows. Again, we're kind of talking about the different archetypes and how uh, this show does such a great job of showing what each person brings to the table. And like when you have this many characters and this big of a team, I think it's pretty hard to do. But it like whoever the whoever's writing this, or I guess the story that they've all built together, is really great because. It allows each character to shine at different moments, right? Keyleth was episode five. Vex and Vax were episode four, or I guess uh, Vax was episode four. And in episode six, we get to see Scanlan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys want to take it away on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, they meet the Sphinx, um, and I, I definitely knew like, which is great though. But I'm like, he's gonna have to, you know, they said like you gotta make me hurt, but like they all thought physical, right? Like and I was like, he's gonna he's gonna play a song or something. Oh, he did. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, got it, because you know, music moves the soul, and like, I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> so it was <laughs> yeah. that that was great. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see Scanlan, <clears throat> like almost like befriend like this godlike creature. Like you know, right. he's always seen as like the jokester. He does cool stuff. He's kind of like a Green Lantern with music, mm-hmm. but um. There are times where you're like, ah, this is too big for Scanlan. But like to see him like could take control of a situation like that would could have ended them all like they all could have ended up dead. Mm-hmm. Like it it was definitely cool to see them um, all get their their time to shine. Because back to anime, like you you see some stuff where they build a team in a show, but they make it known like they're never gonna be as good as the main guy. Right. Or, like this this B C D guy over here, like they're gonna always stay D. And that's it. Like, they'll get powered up along with everyone else, but that's just it. Everyone gets powered up. The world gets powered up. So they're always shitty. But it's cool seeing them all grow and, like, all be able to pull weights. Like, there's a time where each one of them is the one saving their all of their lives. Right. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. It's cool. It's yeah. it's like a, a very awesome and unique storytelling way where we're like, who is the main guy and or, or girl in this situation? And there's like there's not one. They all end up fulfilling a role perfectly in some situation. Like there's no mastermind. Critical role. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Like he they would all save their have lives a critical role. Through that tree. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like they all have this role. Like Yeah. I mean, trinket. Did he do anything yet? <laughs> Trinket, he <laughs> killed some of those Vex. mermaid monster things, which is cool. Like the Shape of Water yeah. monsters. He did kill some oh, of those. Oh, you're right. That was cool. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And just like, yeah, he touched the Sphinx's soul. And then they give him the vestige of the sword. And then in an unexpected turn, I, you know, I thought maybe, you know, that sword would be the final blow to this dragon that came in. But then the Sphinx and the dragon fight. And it's so dope. Like, that's not something I would have ever thought I wanted, but now that I got it, I'm like, yes, that was sick. It was just a cool yeah. fight. Yeah. 
And it lets you know how strong the, these dragons are now. Yeah. Yeah, stronger than the original, like, gods of the world. Yeah, it's like, right. holy fuck. Now you have even more fear, right? You're like, okay, they're this strong. Like, right. Fighting gods. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, their power level is so skilled. And this is one dragon. There's still, like, four or five or three out there. I don't know how many are out there, but in the conclave. But there's a lot. And this is only one of them. They are in for a wild ride. Like, I don't know how they wrap this up in this one season, but maybe we're just halfway there. But we, you know, it ends in such a sad point, which, you know, Grog's <laughs> premonitions now come to real life, right? And he stabs Spike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Grog. That was, yeah, that was sad too. Like, um, cause they gotta go. Like, you know, it was like that point of like, we can't think about this too much right now. We gotta just fucking go. Right. But like, Grog is panicking and he's like, Ugh. like, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's like a, he's a simple dude. So it's almost like, um, like Lenny. And my some manners kind oh, of ish, you know. Like he doesn't mean to hurt there. the, he doesn't mean to hurt the animals, you know. Like <laughs> but this one like... was, but this one was his fault. Like it's like you know, stop. Like why, you know, it goes to what Drake always does, like communication. He didn't tell anybody that this thing is speaking right. to him and taking over him. And like maybe somebody should have known, but at the same time, like Pike was trying to, hey buddy, you all right? Like what's going on? Like you're acting weird. And she kept asking him, and she's always been his like number one supporter and confidant and. He was so lost last season without her. It's like you'd think he would have opened up to her. So it's it's definitely Grog's fault in this situation. And oh, for sure. But yeah. You gotta think too, like, this could very well be like Grog being the way Grog is, um, when has he ever been in a situation where for in order for him to get out of it, he just needs to tell his friends. Like he's usually the right. dude that's like physically just gonna deal with it or lose the fight and be knocked out and then someone else will do like I, yeah, I doubt his character runs in a situation where it's like, you know, he can lean on his friends by talking to them and stuff. Like, cause you know, his his intellect is very low. So that's a good point. Um, I could see that point. Like, he's maybe he doesn't know how to be open and like be vulnerable to. Yeah, people, no excuses. Know? Good point. I mean, definitely though. It definitely fucking tell your friends. Like, these are the moments <laughs> where I'm like, okay, I get it. But you've also you guys all been through so much together already. Right. At this point, you guys are open books. Like fucking you think yeah you guys yeah you guys live through death how many times like just tell each other everything if it's gonna save like um in the other episode where percy's like oh someone came through here and like everything good yeah yeah everything's good and then in this one grog they were saying like oh it looks someone looked like grog and he had these gauntlets and grog's like oh yeah that's weird and it's like again grog not fucking telling you're like dude everyone needs to be like hey this could be nothing but like this little information popped in when i heard that yeah just yeah. do with it what you will exactly like, table like yeah. they need to start doing that they need to air out some laundry here air out your dirty laundry <laughs> yeah. vox machina but ends in a really captivating way again where it's exciting and it leaves you on a cliffhanger and you're mm-hmm. like all right how are they going to deal with this because now they're in this magical world but it was like the bifrost scene in the mcu but they both ended up in different places and yeah, the team's a Feywild. yeah is that what it is Feywild? yeah there you go yeah, the fairy Sick, yeah. And it looks. Cool. I don't know too much about it, but Christine, like, um, she's plays D and D and stuff, and I guess their their campaign like entered the Feywild fairly recently. She's like, it's wild. Like, I guess like the rules there are just like crazy. Okay. And she she said like the only thing she could kind of describe it as like based on something we've seen mm-hmm. was um, remember that movie with um, Natalie Portman, and they go into that that realm. It was almost like it was expanding. Oh, yeah, yeah it's like, like Oblivion or something. Something like that. It might have been like that. Yeah. And it was like, there's that bear in there that was screaming like, help me. 
because mm-hmm. it like it, everything mutated in a different way. Right. She was like, based on what she said, she was like, it's kind of like that. Like it's just like really weird and strange in there. So wow, it'd be it's gonna be really interesting to see what the hell's going on there. Pretty damn good. All right, I like this. I'm it's excited. Annihilation. 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 That's what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living was pretty close. Uh, all right, everybody. Well. <laughs> Thanks so much. I think that's it. I mean, we are tapped out this week. If you have stuck with us so far, thank you so much. Um, You know, I say this every week, but please like, share, subscribe. Hey, if you haven't had a chance, please rate the podcast five stars. Like all of those ratings help. Even Dragon Scott, if you haven't done it, you guys do it too. Everybody just do it. I'll do it again. Yeah, do it again. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, no, seriously, we'd appreciate it. Share it with one new person this week. And as always, everybody, thank you for sticking it with us. The Joystick Show. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, we'd really appreciate a follow, subscribe, and a review. Just how we like chatting with our friends, please share this with yours. Feel free to join the squad and follow us at J-O-Y-S-C-H-T-I-C-K-S-H-O-W, Joystick Show on Twitter and Instagram, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like submitting topics or questions to be discussed on future episodes, you can email us at joystick.show at gmail.com. As always, thank you, peace out, and make it a great rest of your week.